0: verse by verse in the book of John. We're in John chapter number one. We've made a lot of progress. We're in verse one. Amen. All right. So John uh, chapter number one, and uh, just by way of review, I think you may remember this. John is a very unique gospel, uh, and uh, you, you may just say it like this. John goes a little bit off script, and what I mean by that is that John presents to us things that the other gospels don't present. Uh, spent some time talking about this last week, but just to remind you, it's on the board. Uh, that Jesus Christ uh, is is uh, a multifaceted. I think that's a an understatement, but a multifaceted individual. Amen. Uh, we understand that He is God manifest in the flesh, and that's uh, I, that's a solid Bible doctrine. Now, never let anyone talk you out of that. By the way, uh, He's not just a man; however, He is He is man. <laughs> And so when you're looking at who Jesus is, what God does, and it's very uh, interesting to me, it's kind of like a, a good reminder of churches. Uh, you go to one church that believes exactly the same thing that we do, and you're going to go, well, they're kind of different, right? And you go to another church that believes exactly like we do, and you go, well, they're kind of different too. You say, why is that? Because what God does is God uses the individual personalities of the people in that church and of the pastor to make that church what it is. It doesn't mean that one is right and one is wrong. I'm not talking about doctrine. I'm talking about uh, different areas of administration, all right? Uh, Same thing goes with the Gospels. The Gospels, listen to me very carefully, they do not contradict each other. I've had people say, there's contradictions in the Gospels, and I give them the Bible, I'm like, where is it? And they're like, well, it's in there somewhere. Uh, Yeah, it's in there somewhere, sure it is. The the Gospels don't contradict, they complement each other. And so what you have to understand is this, is that every gospel has a, a a different presentation, all right? It's not a different Jesus. The Bible warns us about a different Jesus in the book of Galatians, a different gospel in the book of Galatians. We don't want that, all right? But it, the, the gospels do present for us different uh, uh, presentations of the person of Jesus Christ, all right? Matthew presents him as royalty. That's why you find the term king of, of heaven and son of David in that gospel more than any other gospel, Mark presents his humility. Uh, the Bible says that he was uh, uh, being found in the form of a servant. He humbled himself, right, became obedient unto the death, even the death of the cross. Uh, Mark has no genealogy. Matthew does. Uh, Matthew takes him all the way back to Abraham, which connects him to Israel. Luke has a genealogy that present, uh, takes him all the way back to Adam, all right, which uh, shows his humanity. And that's why you find the phrase, a certain man, uh, more in the gospel of Luke than any other gospel John, however, is very different. John has no genealogy. A genealogy says that you were created. A genealogy says that you were were made, you were formed, you were begotten, if you will. And what you have to understand is this. Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God. But Jesus Christ, listen very carefully, is not a begotten God. Those are two different things, all right? Uh, so, So get a hold of that. What John does is John presents his deity, John presents Jesus Christ as God manifest in the flesh, which is, by the way, why a lot of the scholars have trouble with it. Uh, Because let me just say this. I don't have a problem. It's not hard for someone to believe that Jesus Christ was a man or that he was connected to Israel. But for someone to say Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh, well, that takes some faith, does it not? And, And so people struggle with it because of that. All right, look at John chapter number one, John chapter one. And again, I want to uh, remind you of a couple things here. Uh, the, the, the gospel of John has 21 chapters, 879 verses, 19,099 words in the text of your King James Bible. And it does stand alone uh, away from the other gospels because, uh, and for, for many reasons, but I'll say this. Uh, and, and one of the things that's very evident is the very beginning of the book. Look at John 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him, that, who's the Him? Jesus Christ. Without Him was not anything made that was made. He's not a. He, listen, for Him to make everything, it, it ties Him to creation. That means He cannot be a created being. If He's making stuff, that's impossible, because we know that in the beginning God said. Let there be light. Amen? So what you have to understand is that Jesus Christ, from the very beginning of the Gospel of John, is being connected with the idea that that Jesus is, in fact, God, that Jesus is, in fact, the Creator. Verse 4, "...in Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness to the light, that all men through Him might believe." He was not that light, talking about John the Baptist. But was to bear witness of that light, capital L, reference to Jesus, that was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Father, this morning we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. We're thankful for the word of God, thankful that we have, a, uh, Lord, your thoughts and your words and your desires for our lives uh, put down on ink and paper in a place where we can go to, Lord, a, a book that we can trust and a book that, that you, Lord, it represents who you are, You don't change. We're thankful that your words don't change. God, we love you, and we ask your blessing as we go through this morning, Lord, this study in the Gospel of John. Lord, I pray that you would fill not just me, Lord, but every believer that's here this morning. Lord, let this place be filled with not just a Spirit-filled preacher, but a Spirit-filled listeners. Lord, to take the Word of God and do something with it in their lives. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Now, I want to I want to just remind you again, because we're talking about the deity of Jesus Christ. Now that's a, if you're not familiar with that word, I'm going to go over here. Did I get it? Did I get it? There we go. All right. Uh, if you're not familiar with that word, all that means is that that it's it's tying Jesus Christ to divinity. It's tying him to God. All right. Humanity makes him part of man. Deity makes him God. All right. So we talk about the deity of Jesus Christ. Uh, you need to understand that the gospel of John presents that more than any other gospel. Look at John chapter number 20. Go to the very end of the book. And you're going to find out that the term son of God, as you find it in the gospel of John, makes him equal with God. Now you may go, well, no, the son's not equal with the father, but I'm going to show you in just a little bit that when he said son of God and he used that term and they called him that, it did make him equal with God. As a matter of fact, that was the that was the crime. All right, that was the allegation by the Pharisees that he was a blasphemer, because no man can say that they're God. Right. However, uh, the, the Bible does present to us from the Old Testament that the Messiah would come, and that the Messiah was called the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and the government would be upon his shoulder. So, eventually, God would have to come as a man. And so what they did is they ignored the Old Testament, the very thing that they were holding on to and saying, this is our authority, and and in so many words, this is our authority for overthrowing Jesus Christ's authority. All right, That was the very thing that actually showed them that Jesus was the one that would fulfill the prophecies from the Old Testament. There's a lesson to be learned there. Sometimes you hold on to something, you say, this is my authority. In all matters of faith and practice, and the very thing that you're holding on to should be the Bible that, that is your, your 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 final authority in all matters of faith and practice could be the very thing that points to the fact that what you're doing right now isn't right. <laughs> Do you realize that they had that warning from the Old Testament and they ignored it? Look at John chapter 20 and look, if you would, at verse number... Uh, go back to verse 30. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Do you realize... That it would take a lot to take everything that Jesus Christ did and put it in one place. Uh, the, 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 the Bible says the volumes of the books, the, the, the world could not contain the volumes of the books. Matter of fact, uh, keep your hand here. Go to the next chapter, John 21. Look at verse 25. There are also many other things which Jesus did. The which, if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books it should be written. If every person that ever interacted with with Jesus Christ during his public ministry wrote about Jesus' life, you know what that would mean? You can contain that all the... You think there's a lot in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Do you realize they're not the only four people that interacted with Jesus Christ? Let me ask you a question. If you had to write a book about your interactions with Jesus Christ, uh, wouldn't wouldn't there be a lot of things to say about what he's done for you? Wouldn't there be a lot of things to say about what he's done in your life and how he's put things into place and he's worked things out? And Yeah, and you're just one person. Imagine all the people, listen guys, when he rose from the dead, the Bible says there were over 500 people that saw him after his resurrection, including the disciples, all right? So, so this is not an exaggeration that, that you find here in John 21, verse 25, but go back to the, the chapter prior, look at John 20 and verse 31. Why is the gospel of John written? So when we talk about how the gospel of John presents to us a different angle, or more strongly, I should say it this way, more strongly presents to us the deity of Jesus Christ. Uh, you have to go through the entire gospel, uh, and this is why when people first get saved, I tell them, read the gospel of John. Because once you get to the end, it tells you why the entire book was even written. Look at John 20, verse 31. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. All right. Now that term Christ means anointed one. All right it 's very, very uh, closely associated with the Old Testament word Messiah all right and, and what you have to remember is this is in the Old Testament, there were three offices uh, that would require anointing: a prophet, a priest, and a king, and Jesus Christ is all three in one all right and so Jesus Christ is the anointed he 's the the Christ of God now look at uh, keep your hand here we 're going to come back and finish this thought, but go to Luke chapter number. Uh, I believe it's 2 Luke chapter 2 Luke chapter 2 Luke chapter 2 and I am looking for a verse that mentions the Lord's Christ if you find it before I do let me know Uh, I believe it's there in the temple when they come across what is it 26. 26 thank you very much All right, look, if you would, at verse 25. And behold, there was a man. You know what I love? I love that we're in the same book. It makes it a little bit easier to follow it, man. Verse 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem, whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. If you're ever going to get any kind of revelation from the Lord. And by the way, God is not a matter of observation. You're not going to find God under a microscope as much as you will from your heart. What I mean by that is this. Uh, Yes, there are some great books written by some very intellectual believers who have talked about, you know, uh, how creation points us to God. And I don't want to take away from that. But do you realize a lost person can read that book, see all the proof that's there, and still walk away with more of a hard heart than they were before they read that book? Do you realize that God is a, a matter of revelation? And it's when someone's heart is open to truth that God will reveal himself to them. And so what you see here is that Simeon is full of the Holy Ghost. If you want to get as much truth for your life and let it change your life, you need to be filled with the Spirit of God, which is what we're talking about on Wednesday nights. But look, if you would, at verse number 26. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost. You want revelation? It comes from the Spirit of God. Because these words are inspired by the Spirit of God. And so when you're taking them in and your heart is in the right place, like the Bible talks about with the sower and the seed, and the heart is that, that, that good ground, is that good heart that wants to receive the Word of God. Then the Spirit of God will show you, yes, that is right. Uh, Look at the rest of the verse. That he should not see death before he had seen the, what are the last two words? Now, why does he say the Lord's Christ? I thought there is only one Christ. Well, there's only one real one. There's a false one, and he's going to be showing up pretty soon. The whole world's getting ready for him. He's called the Antichrist. And so the devil has his anointed, and the Lord has his anointed. And so when you read about uh, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, the Bible is saying that Jesus is the Christ. What that means, go back to John chapter 20, what that means is he is the Lord's Christ. If you want to do a a cross-reference there in John 20, 31 to Luke 2, 26, that may not be a bad idea. What, What that does is it shows you that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. He is the Lord's Christ, all right? He is the Messiah. He is the anointed one of God. And look what it says here, but these are in that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the what? Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. The reason that the gospel of John is written is to present to us that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy, that he is the Lord's Christ, that he is, in fact, the Son of God. When you start talking to someone that, that, uh, I don't, uh, you know, a little bit of a segue here, but uh, brother uh, Mike Flick in South Africa had a couple of debates with a guy named Dr. Yousef, and I forget his last name, uh, but one of the things that you'll find in their conversation, if you ever get to watch that debate, is there's a lot of time spent in the Gospel of John. Why is that? Because so many of the claims about Jesus Christ being associated with God, being God, all right, that you, that you don't read about until later revelation in Paul's writings, such as, great is the mystery of godliness, God was manifest in the flesh. It doesn't get more clear than that, right? You kind of have to admit that's okay, that's Jesus, but that's later on that that's written. So prior to that, you got the Gospel of John. And John presents this to us like no other Gospel. Look, if you would, at John chapter number five. Just give you a couple of proof texts on the subject. John chapter number five. John chapter 5, let me say this, if Jesus Christ was just a man, he could not have paid for your sins. Yeah. That's right. Because he would have been born of a man just like you are, and he would have been a sinner. Uh, and there would be nothing unique about him, and his blood would have been like your blood. Over there in Acts chapter 20, uh, you don't have to go there right now, but Paul is, is uh, saying his farewell to the elders of Ephesus. And he says to feed the flock of God. Which he hath purchased with his own blood. You know what the antecedent to the pronoun "he" is in that passage? It's God. So God has blood. Well, God can't have blood. God's a spirit. Well, when God showed up as a man, he had blood. And so what you're seeing there is there's a divine nature to the sacrifice he was going to make for us with his blood. All right, look at John chapter five. And if you take away the deity of Jesus Christ, the gospel falls apart, guys. There is no resurrection without him being God. All right, look at John chapter five and look at verse. Number 18, therefore, the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, comma, making himself what equal Equal with God. All right. So this is the allegation. This is the main charge. Whenever you see that he is the son of God, it's not just, okay, well, he's lesser, you know, he's a lesser God it isn't that at all. As a matter of fact, uh, the New World Translation over there in John chapter 1, which is where we're at, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You know what it says there? It says the Word was a God. It puts the indefinite article A at the beginning of the, of the name God. You say, why? Because if you have a completely different doctrine that you want to teach, that Jesus Christ is not Jehovah God, but rather He's a lesser God, then you've got to change the text. And listen, there's, there's, you go back to the, uh, go back to the, 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 the uh, text that you have available. The only ones that would even purport that uh, may be some of the text from Alexandria, And even then, the indefinite article, it's not even consistent with how they translated it. They just threw it in there when more, 99.999% of the time, the indefinite article is not included unless you know it's meant to be there by context. They added that in John because they didn't want you to think Jesus Christ is God. Let me tell you something right now. Sometimes people think that when you you talk about the different texts of the Bible, that you're kind of like on a hobby horse thing. Guys, I'm telling you right now, the devil wants to change what you think about God. And one of the ways that he can do that is by changing the text itself. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Not a God, all right? Look at John chapter number 1. John chapter 1, look if you would at verse number 18. Here are some of the claims uh, that associate Jesus Christ with God. John 1, verse 18. No man has seen God at any time. Now, you'll read in the Old Testament people that have encounters with God. But when it says no man has seen God, you know what that means? No one has ever seen God in all of his glory. No man on this earth has. Matter of fact, God goes by and and, and the Lord shows him the hinder parts to Moses of himself. And after Moses has that experience, he has to cover up. Because the glory that's shining from his face, all right? What I'm getting at is this. No man has seen God in all of his glory. You couldn't take it in this body. Your body would consume, all right? Which is why when you get to heaven, you have to have a glorified body, right? When you, we go up in the resurrection, that's why we're going to have that. John 1.18, no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son. Now, I'm going to get to this later, but let me ask you a question. Aren't you a son of God once you get saved? Amen. All right? So do you know what some new Bibles take out? They take out the word begotten. So it says the only son of God. It's not true. You're a son of God. He's the only begotten son of God. And we'll explain what that means in a little bit. But, but look what it says here. It says the only begotten son, which is, watch it, present tense, is in the bosom of the Father. He hath declared him. You know what he's saying? I'm here, but I'm there. <laughs> yep, you want to see God? Look at me. You people, you human beings want to look at God, I'm I'm it right here. Because you couldn't take God in all of his glory so I confined myself to a human body so you could behold God. That's something. And I want you to notice in verse 18, it says, which is, not which was in the bosom of the Father. He is. Well, how is he in the bosom of the Father, but he's here, right? Look at uh, John chapter 4. John chapter 4. John chapter number 4. John 4, look if you would at verse uh, 24. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah is cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. You know what he's saying? I'm, I'm, I want you to know I am the Messiah. I am God in the flesh. Look at John chapter number 8. John chapter number 8. John chapter 8, look, if you would, at verse uh, 53. John 8, verse 53. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead? And the prophets are dead. Who, make, who makest thou thyself? <laughs> this is the, uh, the, the challenge that's presented. Who do you think you are? That's the modern vernacular for that, right? And so look what Jesus says in verse 54. If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your God. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say I know him not, I should be a liar like unto you. Boy, he's just grilling him right there. But I know him and keep his saying. And I can just see their blood boil. I can see them turning red, and he's just staying calm. Just calm. You know why? Because when you have truth, you don't have to get upset. When you're on the right side of truth, you don't have to lose it. That's why you see people out in the world screaming at the top of their lungs and protesting and this and that. They don't know know what's coming. They don't know what's going on. They have no idea how to interpret what's going on in society or in the world. You as a child of God can go, eh. I know it's right. It's right here. Amen? Uh, Look, if you would, at uh, verse uh, 56. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old. And hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Now this is important. If you don't get a lot of these other references, you better get this one. Before Abraham was, I was. Is that what it says? No. Before Abraham was, I am. Now look, if you're not familiar with the Old Testament, you might might kind of go, What in the world is the big deal? Ever read in your notices, there's a, uh, two ways you'll read the word Lord in your Bible, right? In your Bible, you see it spelled like this: capital L O R. Well, there's three ways, right? There's there's uh, lowercase Lord, which is just someone that is above another person, all right? Or like a like a master. There's capital L, right? Uh, uh, Lord, right? which is a reference to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Uh, you'll find the Lord Jesus Christ spelled like this uh, throughout. Uh, 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 Paul's writings, all right? But then you've got uh, this. And capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. And there's a fancy big old scholarly word in, in that, that's used. Uh, and that means uh, the, the, the word that's used is used as tetragrammaton. You say, why is that? So, you know what you go to school for? You, you go to school to learn big words so you can sound impressive. That's it. That's why a mechanic goes to school and goes, the flux capacitor has discombobulated into the valve stuff then, uh, and whatever. I'm like, what's wrong? This is broken. Can you just tell me that? Yeah, <laughs> I know why you want to tell me the other one because you want me to pay a thousand bucks for it, right? Amen. And so whenever you hear someone go, the tetragrammaton, they're going to sound impressive. Don't, don't worry about that. All that means is a four, it's a four-letter word. All right, grammar, grammar like word, uh, all right, tetra like four. All right, Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital E. You'll find that throughout your Old Testament. You know what it's connected with? The name Jehovah. All right, and do you know what the, the Old Testament, the, the Pharisees thought? They thought, well, this is Jehovah God and uh, uh, Jesus Christ is making himself equal with him. Therefore, that's blasphemy. Uh, before Abraham was... I am uh go to Exodus real quickly, Exodus chapter number four, Exodus chapter number four Moses is having an encounter with God, and when Moses has an encounter with god um, Moses wants to know hey how am i gonna how am I gonna convince them that uh that you're the one that sent me and uh Look, look, if you would actually go back a little bit, go to Exodus chapter three and look, if you would, at verse uh, number six. Moreover, he said, who is he? Go back to verse four. And when the capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that's Jehovah God. Okay, when the Lord saw that he turned Moses, turned aside to see God. So who is the Lord? It's God. God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here am I. Look down at verse 6. Moreover, he said, I am the God, I am. Look at that. I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon the Lord. All right, now look, if you would, at verse number uh, 13. Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you. By the way, the reason Moses is a little bit nervous about this is because they've been in Egypt for a couple hundred years. And so they're kind of estranged from their God. It kind of looks like everything that God had told Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob may not be true because 400 years have gone by and now they're slaves. Let me just say this right now. In your own life, there are things that God has promised you. And in the temporary circumstances, it doesn't always look like God's going to come through. Can I get a witness? But you need to learn to trust God even during those years like like, like Israel had under Pharaoh. You need to trust God in the wilderness years. You need to trust God in the promised land years. You just need to trust God because he's always right. Look look at Exodus chapter 3 and look at verse uh, uh, 13. And they shall say to me, what is his name? Talking about God. What shall I say to them? And God said unto Moses... I was that I was. I is that I is. Nope. I will be that I will be. He says, I am that I am. You know why? Because God is. And he was. Listen to me. He was, and he is, and he is to come. Book of Revelation. So go back to John chapter 8. You know what God's name is when Abraham goes to the children of Israel? They go, who sent you? You know? Whose work are you doing? You know? Uh And he says, you know what? I'm glad you asked. His name is, I am that I am. (laughs) And they go, what in the world does that mean? Exactly. Amen. Right? You know what it is? He gets to tell them, listen, he is. He is. And he's watching. And he is going to get us out of here because he is. I am that I am. Look at John 8, verse number 58. uh, He says, Jesus said to them, verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was... Do you know where Abraham falls in the chronology with Moses? Abraham's before Moses. So he says, even before Moses, guys, there's Abraham. And before Abraham was, what are the next two words? I and look at how they respond in verse 59. If you think that those two words are insignificant, their response tells you everything you need to know. They pick up stones because they know what he's saying. They're saying. They understand that Jesus is saying, I'm God. That's why they picked not listen. I'm not saying their response was right, but the reason they responded that way is because they were recognizing that Jesus Christ was saying, I am God. All right, look a few would at John chapter number 10. John 10, verse number 30. Are you getting the picture yet? He is God. All right. John chapter 10, look a few would it. Don't ever let someone talk you out of it either. John chapter 10, verse 29. My father, which gave them me, talking about those who would have eternal life, is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. Now look at verse 30. I and my father are what? Look at that. Uh, and they didn't like that either. Look at verse 31. Look what happens there. This is how you make friends and influence people, amen? I mean, just, you just get up and talk truth and they want to kill you for it. And by the way, that's not all that different from today. The, there's a, the, the, the greatest hypocritical generation that's ever lived is the one you're in right now they boast themselves of being open-minded. They can't, they can't handle the truth. They really can't handle the truth. You start speaking the truth, and they're like, ah! Well, do thyself no harm. Why is it, if what I'm saying is not true, why does it bother you so much? Yeah. If what I'm saying, well, you're just, you, you stand for the patriarchy, and, you know, your God is a man, and you just want to be a pra- Well, let's just say that, let, do you believe that, that it's true? I don't believe it's true. Okay, then, then what, are you, what are you so worked up about? Yeah. Why, why do you get so worked up about that? Why does that bother you so much? If if my God is fake and everything you hold on to so dear is enlightenment, then why are you about to have a coronary and I'm fine? I'm serious. Think about that. When you go out and speak up for Jesus Christ, there'll be some that, as it says in the book of Acts, some will mock, some will believe, and some will say we'll hear the uh, uh, some other time. In other words, there'll be those that hate it, there'll be those that receive it, and there'll be those that will try to stay indecisive and go, maybe I'll deal with that later. All right. And there, when I've listened, I've had people try to take try to take my Bible out of my hand and throw it down. And uh, you know, I just kind of, I was I was tra- <laughs> I was trained to you know kind of kind of not get in a fight when you're preaching and stuff like that. At the same time, there's something inside of you when someone grabs your Bible that makes you want to go. <laughs> right you know just automatically you just kind of want to uh I, I, i've been in that situation before and you say well, what is it um uh, they're all worked up well listen if what i'm saying is a bunch of religious malarkey then why do you get so mad about it you, you ever notice that someone can talk about you know we're, we're getting into june here uh this week it'll be pride month and you know what the bible says about pride and all that stuff uh, you know listen i'm not saying you need to go pick fights and i refuse Fighting with strangers on the internet is like poking yourself in a pencil, with a pencil in your eyeball over and over and going, why does it hurt every single time? Have you ever like, want, you ever found that people you know, go in that, that space where they argue, and then they come out going, oh my goodness, I'm so enlightened, you're so right, I was so wrong this whole time. No, they dig their heels in, and they call each other all kinds of names like children in a sandbox. Don't do that, okay? Please, as a, please don't do that. Let me ask you a question. When you do that, is that the Spirit of God leading you, or is that strife? Once you put truth out there and they want to argue with you, say, have a nice day. I had someone, I I mentioned something on a a professional uh, thing called LinkedIn, and some lady says, that's horse. And I just said, thumbs up. Have a nice day. Why am I going to argue with some woman? Do you want to, I'm like, I wouldn't walk into your house, some woman I don't know, and go, I think you're wrong, and here are the 10 reasons I think you're wrong. Why would you do that online? That's weird. And you know what it shows? It shows that you have a lack of confidence when you engage. It's like going beneath where you should go. Don't do that, Christian. But let me just say this much. If you were to ever mention anything at all about Pride Month from a biblical perspective, do you realize they would ride you out of town? They would call you everything but white and maybe that too. Even if you're not white, all right? (laughs) I'll never forget one time. Someone's like, that's because they wrote, I wrote, this is years ago. I wrote something about our heritage as a nation. And someone goes, that's because you're white. And I was like, they have not looked up my profile, have they? (laughs) People are just crazy, man. But what I'm getting at is this. When you speak up for truth, stay calm. You're right. If it's from that book. And when people get all worked up, that's because there's a spirit in them that says, I don't know what I believe. Yeah. Look at John 14. John 14. That was for free, not in the notes. Hallelujah, bless God. John 14, look at verse 9. Actually, go back to verse 8. Philip saith in him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus said to him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the who? Father. Look at that. You know what he's saying? You're looking at God right now. You're looking at him. Uh, and I want you to get that into your heart, not just your mind, so you understand that, guys, uh, without the deity of Jesus Christ, the gospel falls apart, all right? Listen, there were those who have uh, uh, been risen from the that have been caused to rise from the dead, but no one ever rose from the dead on their own outside of Jesus Christ. And the reason he could do that, look, go to Romans chapter number 1. You know, you know what that resurrection proves to you? It proves to you that he's God manifest in the flesh. Let me, let me show that to you from the book of Romans. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Look, if you would, at verse 3. Concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David. There's royalty right there according to the flesh and declared to be what? The Son of God, with power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. Now, I'm not going to spend too much time on this, uh, but I do want to... There we go. Uh, it's kind of like talking to your kids. You click once, and they're kind of there, and you click twice, and they kind of realize that they should be moving or something, you know? Uh, the mystery of godliness, and we know that. If you want to take this, uh, notes down, the reference is First Timothy 3, verse 16. All right? Uh, but what you, what you have to understand is this, back from the beginning, Genesis chapter 3, when man sins, God says there's going to be a battle between the woman's seed, which women don't have seed, if you understand biology. It's 2022, but it still works the same way it always has, all right? And, and, and the only reason why there was a woman's seed is because Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, and the thing that was in her was conceived of the Holy Ghost, all right? And so, but you have to understand there was a battle set from the beginning after sin enters, between the woman's seed and the serpent's seed. You know what that is? That's the mystery of godliness, God manifests in the flesh, versus the mystery of iniquity, Satan manifests in the flesh, that you read about in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Turn there real quickly if you would. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And understand, this is the devil's way of imitating what God set uh, in the gospel. And so when the Messiah comes, uh, there's a there just happens to be a man who's called the son of perdition that shows up, during the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ, uh, just like there will be in the book of uh, Revelation in the great tribulation, uh, a man that shows up called the son of perdition that we know as the Antichrist. Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Look, if you would, at verse 7. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And that, now that verse is very confusing for a lot of people. I don't have time to go into all of that right now, but here's what you have to understand. The mystery of iniquity is at work. The Bible calls it in First John the spirit of Antichrist. It is a spirit of error. It's a spirit of falsehood that wants to take truth and mix it with error. And that's what eventually produces a one-world religion that worships a man called the Antichrist. Are you with me? All right. And, and some of you are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Sorry, we're, we're moving really fast. That is the mystery of iniquity. All right. Look at uh, verse number 8. And then shall that wicked, capital W, Just like the Word of God is a capital W, the wicked is a title given to the devil incarnate. Then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Can I ask you a question? When Jesus Christ came, did he not have power and signs and wonders? Did he not raise the dead and and cleanse the lepers and heal the sick and heal the blind and all that kind of stuff? Well, you know who was there with him? Judas. And whenever the Antichrist shows up again, the devil incarnate, all right? By the way, the world thinks they're really funny. They make shows about it. They, they make comedies about the devil coming uh, and, and, and uh, uh, some woman being impregnated and bringing forth Satan in the flesh. Let me just say this right now. I, I saw I was online getting something for some research I was doing for, for this, actually, and, uh, and I saw a show that was on Netflix, Netflix of all places, and I think CBS picked it up or something like that. Don't go fishing for it. It's garbage, all right? Uh, but it's a show about uh, uh, the, uh, a, a basically a false messiah being brought into the world. It's a big comedy. Now, why do you suppose that's coming out right now? You know what the world, they'd have no idea, but they're getting ready for something. They don't know what it is. And they're making a joke about it. And when the Antichrist shows up, it won't be a laughing matter. All right? But here's what I want you to understand. The mystery of godliness uh, is presented to us in the Gospel of John, and there's a battle that goes on. Do you ever notice during the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ, there's one guy that just always seems a little bit off pace from the rest of the disciples? There's one guy, and I know you, you we, we kind of gave it the spoil the Lord away, it's Judas. He's the one guy that whenever that woman comes and breaks that alabaster box of ointment and pours it on the, 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 the feet of Jesus Christ and, and, and does that sacrifice for the Lord over there in Mark chapter 14... He's the one guy that says we could have sold this and given it to the poor. Now, John exposes who he really is. The gospel of John shows us something that the other gospels don't show. Matter of fact, in the other gospel, it says the disciples began to to say within between themselves. Well, it wasn't just there was a ringleader of those disciples and the ringleader that was trying to steer them away from what Jesus Christ was doing was Judas. Now, the reason I mention that is this. The way it works is whenever God shows up, the devil wants to show up as well and take over. When the Lord starts to move, you ever notice when God starts moving in your life, it just seems like all of a sudden you got this problem and that problem and this problem and that problem, problem with the brethren, problem with your spouse, and problem with the kids, and problem with your finances, and you go, man, where is some of this stuff coming from? I can tell you where some of, it, some of it's coming from. Now listen, if you haven't paid your credit card bill in a year, I can tell you where that's coming from too, all right? <laughs> But, but, but besides that, uh, what, I'm, what I'm referring to is when you get closer to God, don't, don't be mistaken and think all your problems are going away. The devil wants to show up. And during the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ, you have the closest thing to what's coming ahead. You have the son of perdition. That's the title given to Judas uh, in the Gospel of John, by the way. Uh, and you say, what does that point us to? It points us to the fact that when God shows up, the devil wants to show up as well. And he wants to imitate the work that God's doing. He wants to confuse the work that God's doing. Now look at John chapter one. Go back to John one. John chapter one. In the beginning, someone years ago. This is a total dad joke. So buckle up here. Did you know that God is a baseball fan? How do you know that? Because it says in the big inning. <laughs> Years ago, I was at church, and I heard that i thought i don 't even get that uh, if you 're not a baseball person it won 't matter, uh, but look at John chapter one verse one in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. I want you to keep your hand here and go to isaiah chapter forty three isaiah chapter forty three I want to kind of continue to dry point this home that Jesus Christ is clearly, yes, a man, but he is God. Look at Isaiah 43 and look, if you would, at verse 10. Some of you may go, well, I, we already got that. I want you to leave here with plenty of armor. And can I encourage you? This is Sunday school. Most times when you go to school, you take notes because there's going to be a quiz. Now, here's the difference between that school and Sunday school. Your quiz isn't going to happen at church. Your quiz is going to happen at the Judgment Seat of Christ. When God goes, how much of that stuff that you heard on Sunday did you do anything with? Are you with me? Yes. I encourage you to take notes because you're going to give an account of what you're hearing someday. Years ago, I was in a church in Tennessee, and uh, the assistant pastor, uh, 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 the pastor was talking about how years ago, before the assistant pastor was the assistant pastor, he was uh, just a church member there. And and uh, and one day he goes, preacher, I don't want to learn anymore. He goes, what do you mean you don't want to learn anymore? He's like, you're growing, you're doing great, your family's on the right track. He says, well, what I figured out is I'm accountable for everything I learn, and it seems like the more I learn, the more I'm accountable for, so I don't want to learn anymore. Now, now, that's not the right response, but he at least got a hold of the fact that the more you learn, the more accountable you are for that truth. Are you with me? Look at Isaiah chapter 43, Isaiah forty-three verse 10. Ye are my witnesses, saith the capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that's Jehovah, and my servant, whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. There's that reference to Jesus Christ, John 8, 58. Before me, there was no God formed. Get a hold of that. Neither shall there be after me. So, when it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, Jesus Christ is not another God. He cannot be. There's only one. Are you with me? Alright, look at verse 11. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no what? Look at Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 4. When, those early, uh, when the apostles in the early church are told not to preach in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, look at what they say, Acts chapter 4, and verse number 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. What name is it? Look at verse 10. You know what he's saying? There is no other Savior. And did you notice in Isaiah 43 that the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that the Lord Jehovah God says, beside me there is no Savior. And in Acts 4, you're seeing that Jesus Christ is that person. You know what that says, guys? Jesus is God. All right. Uh, Look, if you would, at Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. Some of you are going to be real shocked at the fact that we didn't get as far as we thought we would today. <laughs> Revelation chapter 1. I hope you learned something, though. Uh, Revelation chapter 1. I, I envy guys. You can just blow through stuff real fast. I, I, I want to learn how to do that. I have a hard time with it. And I guess maybe what it is is I want you guys, I said this years ago, rather than having a church that's a mile wide and an inch deep, I'd rather have it the other way around. I don't want a church of 5,000 people that are shallow in their walk with Jesus Christ and shallow in their knowledge of the Bible and shallow in their Christian life. I'd rather have the church that God wants and have you guys go deeper. Uh, Look at Revelation chapter 1. Look, if you would, at uh, verse number 18. Revelation chapter 1, verse number 18. I am he that liveth and was dead. Behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have The keys of death. Look back at verse number 8. I am, Alpha and Omega, the what? The beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, and which was, and which is to come. You know how you wrap that up in one term? I am that I am. Do you know who just said that right there in Revelation 1, verse 8 and verse 18? Jesus Christ. You know what that shows you? He's God. All right, look at one more. Look at Isaiah chapter number 21. I'm sorry, Revelation, I'm sorry, you're, uh, sorry about that, Revelation chapter 21, Revelation 21, and you're going to see this uh, Alpha and Omega thing again, uh, uh, Revelation 21, verse 6, and he said unto me, it is done, I am, John eight fifty-eight. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and The end, I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. There's a cross reference to John chapter 4 with uh, the conversation he has with the woman at the well. But here's what i am going to close with this thought, all right? In eternity past, he is the Word of God. He's not known as the Son, all right? Now, I'm going to show you one exception in the Old Testament next week uh, where someone talks about the form or the likeness of the Son of God over in the book of Daniel. All right, but what I want you to understand is this: his title eternally is the word, all right His title within time, where he's begotten is son of God let me let me put you like this in uh around december nineteenth we are we are expecting to beget another child, right They will be my begotten we're thinking son, but could be daughter, okay uh begotten son, December nineteenth ish right. right. They're not begotten until they're born. Right. Here's what I want you to get a hold of. In eternity past, he's known as the word. And we're going to dig into that next week. Fascinating stuff there. right. Uh, When he comes down on this earth to represent God in the flesh, he's known as the son of God. Why? Because then he is the only begotten son of God, the only one that came into this world physically that was begotten of God. Let me say it this way. You're begotten of God spiritually when? When you are born again, saved, right? But you weren't begotten. You weren't the only begotten child of God on this earth. No, no, no. God did not give birth to you, and the thing that was in your mother was not conceived of the Holy Spirit, all right? right? That was given to Jesus Christ. So in time, when he's here in his ministry, he's known as the Son of God. In eternity, he's known as the Word of God. And that's important, that distinction is very important, and we'll talk a little bit more about that next week. Let's go ahead and stop right there. Let's stand, be dismissed in the word of God, and let those poor Sunday school teachers out of their classrooms with those kids, amen? All right, Uh, Brother James, ask God's blessing if you don't want what we just learned, sir.